0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Dough here on Roto Grinders. When you see us bringing you content, that means it's time for golf. And uh, it's been about a month since we've had a show here. So happy to be back and bring you some golf talk on a Tuesday night now. Uh, obviously, we switched the schedule around during football season to uh, not compete with Monday Night Football and uh, all the other football shows we've got here on Roto Grinders. So same content, uh, just taped on Tuesday evening instead of Monday evening. So you can generally find us here uh, if you're trying to find us live Tuesday evenings at uh, 830 Eastern, 530 Pacific uh, will be a kind of our go-to time most weeks during football season. So I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals eighty-four here as usual to host the show. I have my usual co-host alongside as well, Mister Notorious Derek Farnsworth. Uh, no, it's been it's been like a month since we've done a show. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been too long. It's good to be back. And uh, yeah, tried my hand at the DP World Tour VFS. Didn't uh, didn't have too much success. So uh, I'm ready to get back to the PJ Tour. What have you been up to the last uh, month? Uh,
0: not not a whole lot. Uh, just getting ready for college football. The college football grind has started, so um, I'm kind of specializing a little bit more in uh, in that this year. And uh, the old days, uh, I tried to to juggle about four sports in the fall, and it, it just got to be a little too much. So uh, I've dialed back the NFL content. Still play the DFS, but. Uh, mainly focusing on uh, on golf and MLB and, and college football now. So cutting back on the NFL, but uh, so that's a, you know, a little bit of a burden off and uh, yeah, I had a little bit of free time during the golf off season, took a little beach trip and uh, yeah. What about you?
1: Well, that's nice. And uh, that's probably good advice. You know, anytime they ask me to do anything, I just say yes. And uh, my list of duties keeps growing by the day, but I uh, love this time of year, you know, pretty slow summer with just uh, golf and baseball. So, Excited for football for sure, but uh, yeah, it's my busy season, and uh, I guess you have two busy seasons, one for DFS and one for taxes.
0: Yeah, for sure, and if you extend your tax return, that's due, those are coming up due uh, <laughs> October 15th, so uh, the next month will be not quite, not nearly as crazy as the busiest time of year, but it'll be a little busy at the day job here over the next uh, month, and then uh, October 15th through the end of the year is is a little slower again until we ramp up for a new year, but uh, it's exciting to see golf back this week. It's a little bit of a weird schedule. So, in case you haven't kept tabs on it, the old fall swing notion on the PGA Tour is is going to be a little bit different now. Uh, this is normally the time of year where we'd have a bunch of corn Ferry tour graduates coming onto the tour, uh, but they have changed it up this year, and it's you know it's called the FedEx Cup Fall, I believe. Um, and so the, the guys who didn't finish inside the top 50 are still playing for ranking points heading into next season. Uh, the new season will start on a calendar year basis. Uh, and it's just, it's all a little bit different if you're only used to what golf has been doing for the last um, three or four years, maybe on the, maybe longer than that on the schedule. So the fall swing is going to look a little bit different than it used to. And also this is the only PGA tour event we have in the month of September. Uh, because we have the Ryder Cup coming up. So a lot of golfers have either A, they're playing in the Ryder Cup, or B, they've just said, hey, this is the only event in September. I'm just going to take the month off. Uh, we've got a significantly weaker field than what you would normally see even in some of these fall swing events. But that makes it a little bit interesting, and and we'll certainly dig into that. But uh, I mentioned we haven't done a show in a month, so you know we didn't really recap the uh, the playoff events. Pretty incredible playoff performance by Victor Hovland uh, ends up taking home the uh, FedEx Cup championship there um, fairly comfortably by the end of the day. A rough finish for Scotty Scheffler, who still can't find the putter. And during the playoff stretch, he kind of you know misfired on a few other things as well. And uh, with as bad as he he putted last year. Uh, if anything else went haywire, it was just going to go downhill, and, and that's what happened for him. So uh, good for Hovland. Uh, Ryder Cup teams were announced. Seems to be some momentum building on the Euro side of things in terms of the betting markets. Uh, the U.S. was you know, minus 190, minus 200 a month or two ago. Now it's closer to minus 140, 150, depending on where you look. So, Noto, your thoughts on the upcoming Ryder Cup and the uh, the playoffs that just finished up?
1: Yeah, the playoffs were pretty fun, uh, except for the tour championship. It's always a little bit of a letdown on Sunday, especially when it's not very close. But congrats to Victor. Uh, I think he shot a 29 uh, on his final nine at the BMW Championship to come from behind. and still that one. And then you mentioned Scheffler. Man, I had him to win the FedEx Cup at like plus 480. And at one point on Thursday, he was like minus 290 to win. He had a five-stroke lead, and uh, that disappeared very quickly. So yeah, Scheffler, uh, tough to see him finish the season that that way, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back. And as far as the Ryder Cup goes, I mean, all 12 of the European guys are playing at the BMW Championship over in Europe this week. And only, what is it, two of the 12 uh, American guys are playing the Fortinet. So I kind of wish, you know, they would all play together. I think it's kind of cool that all 12 of them for Europe are playing together over there. But yeah, we'll see. I don't feel great about America's champ- chances, um, especially what was the last time, 1993 or something that we won over in Europe?
0: Yeah, it's been a long time. I, I saw a tweet earlier that Raymond Floyd was on the last team that won over there and he's 81 years old right now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it has to be at least 30 years then. Uh, that's uh, 35, 40 years ago. Jeez. Um, it's been a rough go for for them over there. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of on, you know, I, and I talked about this a few. It might not have been on this show, maybe on one of the other ones. But, um, you know, I, I I want the U.S. to win. I did bet the Euro team to win at plus 180 a few weeks ago. Um, I think, the you know, the 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 weak bottom part of the Euro team was maybe a little bit overblown. Um, you know, obviously, the Americans have if you just take the top six on both teams. Uh, the Americans have more depth, but if you just take the top six on both teams, you know, I, I I would almost argue that, especially if Scheffler's play continues the way it was in the playoffs, I think you could give the Euro guys a slight edge on that. Uh, And then it's just going to be a matter of, you know, maybe some of those uh, bottom end singles matches, you know, how those play out. But um, when it's been 30 plus years since the U.S. team has won over there, obviously home course advantage does have some benefits in the Ryder cup. Crowd gets a little rowdy, starts razzing guys, and you know you've seen Justin Thomas struggle lately. I don't know. I I, look, I want the U.S. to win, but I think when the odds, I think the odds have corrected into about a good spot now. But uh, when the Euro team was getting to like plus 180, plus 190, um, to me that was just a little too lopsided with the game, you know, with the tournament being played over there. So um, yeah, I think there was some value on on betting the Euro team a few weeks ago, but it's probably gone now.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, a lot of our friends in the industry were able to get them at like plus 250 uh, at the start of the year. And uh, I didn't hop on any of those numbers. So now uh, I'm kind of torn on what to do. Uh, Mr. Gerg's asking, you know, how did Thomas make the team? For me, I just think he gives them the best chance of scoring the most points. You know, we talked about it a little bit before they made the decision. I was hoping that they would pick JT and they did. And uh, I was looking at some of the individual markets today for the Ryder Cup mm-hmm. and JT has like the fourth best odds to finish, you know, as a top U.S. scorer. And I think that's kind of why they take him, right? They take him for the upside. If you take Keegan Bradley, you know, maybe he goes 500. If you take uh, Lucas Glover, somebody like that, you know, they could easily get swept. Um, so I, I like the pick. I mean, obviously he's not playing great, but I think just gives the team a better chance to secure some points. What about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't in love with it at the time, but you bring up a good point that in that format, you know, on the road in a hostile, uh, hostile crowd, you know, if you take somebody that's a first-timer or uh, just doesn't have that experience, you know, there is a risk of them just kind of completely imploding. So uh, I've kind of come around to being neutral on it. Uh, I'm really interested to see how he does this week. Um, I think it's really interesting that he's one of the guys that's playing. Doesn't surprise me that home is playing. Um, But, if, you know, if it was only going to be two guys, I, I think it's important for Thomas to at least show well this week um, so that he's not getting 8000 questions. I mean, imagine if he shoots, you know, plus 12 or something this <laughs> week uh, and then that's all the media wants to talk about. So but if he goes out and, you know, finishes top 10 or something, then uh, it's probably a non story or maybe he shoots plus 12 and then still goes out and dominates at the Ryder Cup. Uh, anyway but i'm sure that's what the media is rooting for because it would just give me eight thousand things to easy easy content i guess but um,
1: speaking of, did you see him out there with like 10 pool noodles practicing his swing
0: oh i didn't
1: man that was a lot of a lot going on in that practice <laughs> session
0: uh, rory had some comments about you know there's other certainly other guys i'd rather face than thomas and stuff I, it, it'll be really interesting to see how it goes um of course that's coming up in a couple of weeks so um, we'll, we're still kind of figuring out what we're going to do on the content side for that. Uh, obviously, probably won't be enough to do a show for that. But uh, Noto and I, I think last time we did a little combo article on the site so we can uh, run that back maybe again this year. But before we get there, we've got to talk about the Fortnite Championship this week. I mentioned it. Uh, weaker field than what we normally see in some of these fall events just because of the timing on the calendar with the Ryder Cup coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, so you're going to see you know, maybe a little bit more unpredictability, guys that are going to feel overpriced. You're not going to like the way your lineups look, maybe. But, uh, Noto, why don't you talk about uh, the course that we have this week?
1: Yes, we got uh, Napa Valley. So, should be a lot of guys drinking some wine this week. Uh, it's going to be played at the, what is it, Silverado uh, Resort and Spa. Yep. Par 72, measured just over 7,100 yards. And there's not really a strong course fit, I would say. Um, fairway is some of the narrowest that you're going to see on the PGA Tour. The average driving disc or driving accuracy last year was like 46%. So it's going to be very difficult uh, to hit the fairways, whether you are being aggressive off the tee or trying to lay back and just, um, you know, put an emphasis on hitting the fairway. The green's pretty small as well, and they feature a mix of Bent and Poa. Um, so I'm kind of looking for guys that have played well in California in the past. Uh, of course, history is not too important, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah, I don't really have a strong take on the fit. I think you're going to have to be good with your irons and very good on the greens. Um, but I've seen some people say, you know, the Bombers can play well here because everyone's missing the fairways. But I looked at the average driving distance here the last couple of years, and it's like well below tour average. So I don't think guys are necessarily just going out and ripping it. I'm looking more for the approach guys and, and the good putters.
0: Yeah, I'm maybe willing to sprinkle one, you know, or two, at most two kind of risk reward, maybe drivers, uh, guys, I'm prioritizing approach play for sure, but I uh, don't mind maybe throwing a bomber here or there into a lineup, especially if, you know, nobody's going to play them and, and maybe they have some upside. So we can talk about some of those guys later in the show. Um, but otherwise, yeah, emphasis on approach play for sure for me. And, uh, don't mind getting a little bit contrarian in spots, uh, some of these weaker fields, you know, it just gets a little bit unpredictable. Chalk kind of congregates around a few plays. Um, Noto's got some wild takes in our expert survey this week that I've got to call him out on. Uh, I, I was just, I, I Noto did the survey before me this week. So I was looking at it and wondering, you know, well, how does Noto think this guy's going to win? Noto never likes this guy. Uh, so, so we'll talk about that. We'll get to that very soon. But uh, it's just a course where, you know, a tournament, given the, the timing on the calendar, where maybe you can embrace a little bit of variance this week as well. All right. Well, let's dig in. The uh, only four golfers above 10K in DraftKings this week. And DraftKings is really the only pricing we have to look at. Uh, FanDuel has punted. Um, it's out.
1: FanDuel pricing's out. Oh.
0: Okay, so FanDuel, a um, little bit delayed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've just presumed they weren't offering contests this week because uh, their pricing wasn't out. That must have come out within the last few hours then.
1: Yeah, I just pulled it up. I'm <laughs> All
0: right, so uh, for now, I have not had a chance to look at FanDuel's pricing yet because it wasn't out as of like 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, but uh, we usually focus on the DraftKings side of things anyways. But four golfers above 10K. Homa and Thomas, the two Ryder Cup guys, uh, DFS uh, Darling Jaeger and uh, and Cameron Davis are our 10K-plus golfers this week. Uh, pretty hard to not start with Homa, I think, here.
1: Yeah, I got to agree with you there. Um, in my model, he's got like 14 more percentage points than anyone else in the field. And coming off of five straight top 13 finishes, back-to-back winner here, he's won three times in California. Uh, He's a class of the field in terms of the talent. So I can't really find a reason to fade Homa um, other than ownership, but I think I would rather just eat the ownership and uh, look to differentiate elsewhere. What about you?
0: Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, when you look at uh, the form, he generally plays well in California. He finished the, the 2022 2023 season strong um, obviously got the momentum heading into the Ryder cup back to back champion of this event. Pretty hard to ignore Homa. I mean, I've been talking for months now about, I haven't played Thomas. I do think you can make a case for Thomas this week uh, for sure. But I mean, if you're just looking for one lineup or, you know, your optimal build, it has to be Homa. Um, it's not like he's, you know, hurricane priced above everybody else. It's only 500 more than Thomas and, and let's say 800 more than Jaeger. So, yeah, I think it's Homa. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in Davis and Jaeger, but I might sprinkle a little JT in there this week just because of the weak field and, um, you know, maybe he gets dialed in and, and a little bit of a break has, has done him good getting ready for the Ryder Cup. So I don't mind some Thomas and GPPs, but yeah, it's clearly Homa, I think for me at the top.
1: Yeah. Mr. in the chat definitely disagrees. He says, imagine playing Homa over Jaeger. I mean, come on, what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> His guy, Jaeger, he has been in really good form, um, top 35 and five straight. Doesn't have a great history around these parts and not the best putter, but um, he's probably my second favorite guy, but 10K. Yeah, I don't I don't have a strong take on anyone else. I think just with so much HOMA exposure, I don't think I'm going to have much of any of the other 10K options.
0: Yeah, I totally agree there um not that i think that the other guys are are not good plays just not enough of a salary gap i think to to make a difference for me so uh, i think it's Homa maybe a sprinkle of Thomas and GPPs and then we move down into the 9k range um which so i have to start with this and so I, i'm looking at Noto's s- stuff and i see that he has picked Bo Hostler to win the tournament and you know we've always joked about Bo Hostler uh, the Texas guy that everybody in DFS loves to play for no reason. And this tournament, last I checked, is not in Texas. Uh, and Hostler is projected at 15% ownership. And Noto's telling me that he's going to win. And I'm wondering if maybe somebody else, you know, wrote the article and then passed it off as Noto, because certainly uh, this can't be Noto writing this. So you, you have to explain this Hostler thing to me. It has me completely befuddled.
1: Yeah, my account was not hacked. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, this is my take. And honestly, I'm going to, I bet him outright. So I'm going to you know be more invested in that than I am in DFS, but I will have some. Uh, so he played really well in the fall and he's contended here twice. So he's got three straight top 25 finishes here. Two of those he just fell apart on the Sunday. And then you look at his recent form, the game log. He gained 7.6 strokes ball striking his last time out. That's the best in his entire career. One of the best putters in the field, one of the best, uh, you know, birdie maker, bogey avoiders in the field. I just think it's a good week for him. And yeah, I don't know. I just got that uh, that gut feeling about him. But I mean, I certainly the model doesn't agree with me. So uh, if I just blindly trusted the numbers, mm. I, I would be with you.
0: All right. So uh, I don't know. Notice had a few antacids or something has just totally changed his take. Um, on, on Hostler there uh, it'll be really interesting I'm now invested in seeing how he does simply because I, and I'm not just to be clear I'm not uh, I'm not poo-pooing the take or anything like that just uh, was shocked that that trying to reconcile that it actually came from Noto so um, I'm not on him certainly not to that extent uh, but you look at all the guys in here you know everybody's going to feel overpriced right 9400 for Todd 9200 for Spawn you know, Tigala, we always have talked about you know trying to figure out what he does best. He's kind of all over the place. And right now we've got Tigala with the second highest ownership in the field. So I'm certainly not interested in that. Um, I think Eric Cole is probably my favorite in here. You look at his summer, uh, hasn't missed a cut in his last 10 starts, did manage to make it inside the top 50 of the playoffs. You know, just a classic late bloomer, you know, first full year with a tour card at age 35 had a really solid season. I think 10 top tens or 10 top 25s rather. And uh, like I said, hadn't missed a cut in his last 10 starts. So I think uh, if you're looking for the safer option here, I think Cole is the guy. Uh, If you really like the, the ball striking, you know, shorter hitters, Todd could certainly be a fit. Um, I think JJ spawn is someone interesting for tournaments as well. What else do you like here in the, the 9k range?
1: Yeah, cash game, small field stuff. Uh, You mentioned Todd. I like him quite a bit. Andrew Putnam as well. They have very similar skill sets. They're accurate off the tee. Um, They're underrated on their approach and then, you know, very good putters. So I think they're very safe at 94, 9,100. And if you want to make the argument that if everyone's going to be missing fairways, it's probably a bonus to the guys that usually miss fairways. Uh, Tigala, Eric Cole, Alex Norin. I think they're all interesting tournament plays. Um, Norin's finally playing well again after a really tough, 2022-2023 2022-2023 season. Uh, Tigala, who I you know, never seem to get right, um, is actually rating out well for me this week. And he's a California guy. T6 here last year, 3-for-3 three three at the event. So I think there's some strong options. If Homa wasn't in the field, I would probably just dip down here and play two or three of them. But you can probably only pair – I don't know. Have you built lineups yet? I haven't uh...
0: – Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's tough because – Unless you like some stuff in the 6Ks, which I really don't, uh, I think you're kind of, you know, 7,300 after you get there, it gets kind of tough. So, yeah, I mean, if you try to get, like, Homa and, say, Homa and Cole for me or Homer Homa and Hostler for you, it does get a little tough.
1: Yeah, and so you definitely can't do two of them uh, with Homa. So, yeah, I mean, the 6Ks, we'll talk about it, but uh, I don't like anybody.
0: Yeah, I don't really 6K. either.
1: So it's tough, but the 9K range is really strong. And I think with so much ownership going to Homa, it could be an interesting build uh, to play, you know, a couple of them in lieu of Homa.
0: I don't hate that idea. Uh, if you are completely fading the top, uh, I think, you know, and I think that will be somewhat contrarian because people will be nervous, I think, to fade both Homa and Thomas. So, um, yeah, I don't mind that. I think that's an interesting approach for GPPs. I would probably start with Cole. Um, Then maybe you could pair him with you know Spawn or Putnam or somebody in there. And I know, I think uh, I read that as part of your content as well. I think you like Norin in this range as well this week.
1: Yeah, I mentioned him kind of with with Tigala and Eric Cole's guys that are really bad off the tee and pretty solid everywhere else. So if everyone's going to be missing fairways, maybe that's a a boost to guys like that.
0: All right, and when I saw when I was uh, processing Noto's take on Hostler to win the tournament earlier today. Uh, I look to see what Hon wrote, and Hon has picked Webb Simpson to win the tournament, and I'm wow. wondering, what on earth is everybody ha- everybody's found the gummies or something over this month long break. Um, i i I can get on board with Hostler I think before I can get on board with Webb um at eighty nine hundred but that doesn't surprise me as much from Hondal because Hon kind of likes Webb, so. Um, and I think was kind of on him a little bit as we headed into the later part of the summer. And to Webb's credit, he's been playing a little better uh, than he did you know, throughout 2023, but that's, that's a small victory there. But um, I don't love a whole lot here in this range. Like Herbert is kind of a no thanks. I like Akshay, but Akshay Chalk, I don't know if I like. You know, Montgomery hasn't done much. I just don't love a whole lot here in the like 84 to 8,900 range. It kind of, I much prefer the slightly more expensive 9k guys.
1: So now I'm curious, what was your, uh, hot take of the week? Cause, uh, maybe you need to be partaking in the gummies as well. I need to find a, I
0: need to, uh, mine was, I believe, uh, Jaeger and Thigala both missed the cut. I think.
1: Okay. That was well, pretty spicy. Yeah,
0: it's spicy, uh, but I, I, I couldn't find a, you know, a, i certainly couldn't find a winner take as spicy as web and hostler and, and i also didn't want to do one of those and then end up you know my guy finishes the worst of the three because then i'd you know i'm giving you all this crap and then my guy ends up doing worse so i'd have egg on my face
1: yeah well when uh when our guys finish one will
0: uh... <laughs> i'll own it i'll own it i'll eat a i'll eat a marshmallow peep on there
1: All right, eight K range. I like three guys. So I like Ches Rivy, eighty five hundred. He's been playing pretty well. He's more of the accuracy iron type. Maybe not the best putter, but uh, he's played well here in the past. He's made four of the last five cuts with top thirty fives and four of them. I like Justin Sub, another guy from California. Was born there, uh, went to USC. So I think he's familiar with the area. And I was looking at this today. He has gained at least one stroke putting in 14 straight events. Like that's so hard to do for the solid, most yeah. volatile stat in golf. Um, so if he can have a decent ball striking week, I know that's kind of asking a lot, but uh, I like him at 8,600 and then Mark Hubbard, I always like Mark Hubbard. Um, he kind of fits the same mold as Eric Cole and that very bad off the tee, very good uh, on approach and then, you know, pretty good short game as well. So, Uh, I think they have very similar skill sets, and you know Hubbard's a little bit cheaper than Cole uh, at eighty three hundred.
0: Yeah, I like Hubbard as well. I think he's very steady, solid play in this range with I think, which I think is just fine. Um, And to me, just two guys that I like, and you know that I think are really interesting in here. The other, of course, is Doug Gim, who over the last twenty four rounds leads this field in ball striking. So uh, again, it's a weak field, but. If you're leading the field and ball striking, you're doing something right. Uh, he's a hundred and something in putting, which is no surprise. So he just needs to bring the, the flat stick at a semi reasonable level. And I think he'll certainly be fine. So, yeah, I think the bottom part of the 8K range is what I like better. Gim, Hubbard, we saw Strelman even play in a little bit better later in the summer. So I like these guys better than the, the higher part of the 8K range. I can get on board with Saw as well. He's probably my favorite of that higher end 8K um, range. But I, I like Gim Hubbard, Strelman. I think in the lower 8K range, and then 7,900. I, I talked about maybe taking a sprinkle on guys who can drive it. Um, again, you don't want to load up your roster, but guys like Taylor Pendrith and Peter Quest is probably my favorite um we saw him in a couple of weak field events over the summer the rocket mortgage he finished fourth uh and then the john deere he also finished top 20 so a uh, weaker field event he can make birdies when he gets it going and you know if he can just be semi-accurate if he's trying to use the driver uh, i think he is one guy that probably a little bit of risk for sure but uh could potentially give you some upside so peter quest at 7900 i do like Uh, As we start to head into that range, uh, what do you like in the upper part of the 7Ks?
1: Yeah, don't mind the Quest take. Definitely on board with GIM as well. Uh, Other 7K options that I don't mind. uh, Dylan Wu has been very consistent over the last six months. He actually rates out fourth in the stat model uh, that I ran this week, which is a little surprising. Uh, 7,600, pretty good price point there. And then I like uh, Nate Lashley at 7,400. Um, A guy that tends to play well in California, Um, nearly won Pebble Beach a couple years ago, and a couple top 20 finishes here. So he's a guy that can make a lot of birdies. Other than that, I mean, maybe Sam Stevens in large field stuff. Uh, Cam Champ has won here before, tends to play the same course as well over and over again. So if you want to play that narrative, Chesson Hadley, a couple top 25s here. But these are guys that are usually in the 6K range, so it doesn't feel great paying mid seven thousands for them.
0: Yeah. Well, they're still better than the stuff that we do have in the six <laughs> K range. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't mind pairing a couple of these guys together if you need it. Um, don't mind the, the, some of the calls you made there. Stevens, I think is another guy that I'm pretty interested in. Uh, you mentioned Wu. So those are guys I like as well. I might end up being somewhat chalky. I mean, I'll see where ownership ends up coming out here, but um I think Andrew Novak is also grading out very well in our Roto-Grinders projections. Uh, again, I, I don't really have a strong take here or there. I mean, we've seen some of these guys in the lower seven case pot from time to time. We've seen Callum Terran have good stretches and really bad stretches. We've seen like Neesmith have really good stretches and then, you know, he tends to fall apart for a while. So with the weak nature of this field, you're going to get a whole lot of golfers that make you feel uncomfortable uh once you get to the 7k range and under so or 7200 i guess and under like carson young i was on quite a bit during the summer but then he really faded towards the end uh just not going to be that consistent cut maker you know guy you feel super comfortable clicking uh in this range so is there anything else above 7k that you find remotely interesting
1: you could have just said, is there anyone else?" Because uh, I don't have. There anyone
0: else, else, period, that you find remotely interesting?
1: No, unfortunately not. Um, yeah, I mean, Aaron Baddeley has some good course history. You mentioned Carson Young. I don't hate it, but uh, I would much rather play the high sevens if you can.
0: Uh, Zach Blair, second miscut, 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 thirteenth miscut. Uh, his last six starts. Uh, before the uh, the fall break here, so uh, the pride of have... Utah,
1: according to announcers, the week he finished second.
0: There you go, and he has. I mean, he is a guy that can tend to pop on the shorter courses. Um, I just had to, you know, throw a name out here. Under, I think he's <laughs> under seven k. Yeah, he's sixty eight hundred. Russell Knox. What happened to that Russell Knox? Poor guy's all the way down to sixty eight hundred in this field, and we aren't even mentioning his name outside of me just randomly throwing it out there just now. But um, it's a pretty rough – we don't have from – I'm scrolling down from 6,600 to the bottom, and we don't have anybody projected over 2% ownership. So, um,
1: Uh, Mr. Gerg in the chat brings up Eric Van Ruyen, a couple top 20s in his last two starts, guy that used to be pretty good, so maybe he's turning time around. Yeah,
0: he's kind of looking like one of the more popular options in this range. Um, Where is he? I lost him. I just saw him a minute ago. Yeah, we've got him at 10% ownership right now. Um, We've got Badley at 4%. Looks like he's grading out one of the best projection guys in that range, but uh, not a whole lot else to love. Again, pretty weak field, um, and there's decent options with those guys that we mentioned around 74, 7,500, that I think, you know, you just try to take maybe two guys in there, three, if you need it uh, to round out your rosters because it, it drops off in a hurry. Now I mentioned, you can embrace the variance in this tournament. And if you want to go, you know, just YOLO somebody down here, certainly there are worse ideas. I mean, you could play a Martin Laird or, you know, somebody that we've seen with upside from, from time to time, just tough to, who that's going to be and feel pretty good about it so um anything else given that this is the only tournament in about a six-week stretch we can probably skip the snake draft and bring that back when the when the tournaments start coming more regularly but uh have a hunch we might have trouble filling that live tonight and uh don't want to give anybody the dead air time so anything else for you
1: Think that'll do it. Excited for the week. Excited for the Ryder Cup. Hopefully, U.S. can put up a fight. And uh, if not, it'll be good for everyone to bet on Europe, like yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've got the edge. I, I did not go crazy on it. So in theory, you know, I still uh, would like to see the U.S. win. the The entertainment value of seeing them win would be better than you know the 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 small sum that I put on it. But uh, yeah, so that's coming up in Rome in a couple of weeks. Uh, so there are no PGA tour events for the rest of September. So the Ryder cup will be right at the end of the month uh, heading into October 1st. Uh, and then it resets to what used to be the fall uh, schedule, which again, the schedule is largely the same. The, f- the, 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 way that they're framing it from the points um, and things of that nature is what's changing. And you kind of need like a degree in actuarial science to figure <laughs> out how, uh, the PGA tour is putting together like the rankings and the, and the points heading to next year. I tried to figure out the set, figure it all out this afternoon and I quickly lost interest. <laughs> I don't think in, they know. You
1: know. They're just, I,
0: it was like a 30 point flow chart of everything. And I just said, forget it for now. So um, it, it's not worth trying to sound smart. Cause uh, I confused me, but anyway, it, once we get to October, we've got the Sanderson farms, Uh, the Shriners children's open uh, in Vegas and the Zozo championship, uh, which I believe is going back over to Asia this year. Um, So that will be the tournaments in October. Uh, Then we've got a tournament in Los Cabos, Mexico. Uh, Then we've got the Bermuda championship and the RSM in November. So kind of the usual um, schedule that we have this time of year, uh, just, a different way for the PJ tour to, to frame it. And uh, we just have to get through the Ryder cup first. So come October, we will have the usual fall uh, calendar rolling through and, uh, and we'll be bringing you a show for those events uh, when they get back rolling a little bit shorter here tonight, just with this being the only tournament in September and the field being extremely weak. So uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks to Steve for producing for us behind the scenes. Thanks to Noto for Joining back up with me for another fall of golf talk. I am Justin. Good luck to all of you with your lineups this week as well. And we will catch you back here in a few weeks after the Ryder Cup. Take care, everybody.